Welcome to the Raising Them Ready podcast. Here we encourage and support parents who are doing the best they know how to raise their kids to become confident, capable, and kind in what feels like a half-crazy and often unpredictable world. I'm Jonathan Kathman. I'm a family man, career sociologist, and best-selling author who believes our children's greatness tomorrow begins with good guidance today. Today I'm sharing a conversation that if you have kids who are competitive athletically, I think you're really going to enjoy. I called our longtime family friend and my former student, Megan Ritchie, to talk about training young athletes, the value of coaches, and what parents can do to help their kids develop their skills both in and out of sports. Megan is a former professional soccer player, which of course isn't what they called it when she played for clubs in Denmark, France, and Ireland. There she was a professional football player. Same when she returned stateside to take the field for the Boston Breakers and the Seattle Sounders. A few years back, she retired from professional play and founded an elite training facility where she coaches young athletes in gaining confidence and growing their character. She's married, she's a mother, and as a business entrepreneur, she's bettering the health and wellness of her community one young athlete at a time. So welcome to my phone call about raising confident, capable, and kind athletes with my good friend, Megan Manthe Ritchie. Good morning. Megan, how are you? It's so cold here. <laughs> so cold there. It's like 25 degrees this morning. That's cold. I don't know what happened. It's cold winter. Um, oh, I thought it was over. <laughs> Never. When we were talking last week, we discussed areas that you would be interested in bringing up in the whole concept of raising them ready and kids getting involved in sports and or athletics or gym or soccer or what did you did you think of anything specific I need to kind of direct the conversation around no okay easy (laughs) well there's a lot of gyms just everywhere I mean we belong to a couple gyms let me rephrase we have membership at a couple of gyms but I don't belong there I just, I, I walk in and they recognize Erica, but they look at me and say, who are you? And I'm like, I, I belong here. And they say, no, you have membership, but you, you don't belong. So, cause I just, you know, never show up and it's yeah. my own fault because I, I have, I have that mindset that, that, you know, I was an athlete in college and, and if, if it wouldn't take much to get back, so I don't feel forced, but growing up, growing up doing sports, I was introduced at a very young age. And so I also don't have that mindset that I need to be in the gym on the regular kids that you have in your programs are young athletes. How old is the youngest that you will train? Now that number has changed from when I first started working. So when I started, I would not take and say yes to any kids under uh, the fifth grade age. And I did that primarily because of the belief that up until that point, there's so much free play that can be happening where they can be out. Uh, specifically, we're talking about soccer players here also, um, that you know they can take the ball outside and be experimenting with different moves and different technical things that they don't really even realize they're working on. Um, and so I didn't want to take away from that important piece of learning and also the importance of the parents going out and spending that time with their kids. So just play. And already, just going yeah, out, go just, outside and play. 
Right. There's so much research supporting that model in kids' development, um, the model of play and how important it is for um, them to develop athletically, but also create in their creativeness um, and overall brain development for how they're going to continue on in life. And so my, my first kind of apprehension with taking anyone under the age in that fifth grade age range was just not wanting to steal that away from them. Then I did more research and understood how important actually those coaching moments are with even the younger ages, because when they go out and they practice something and they're, they're just playing and they don't realize it. And now they're solidifying some of those points into their muscle memory, um, their response time and all of that. And so they're actually improving just from a 30 minute session. But I always try to, you know, explain to the parents that, okay, they're only with me for 30 minutes. It's really important that you as the parent give me feedback if your child is self-motivated to go outside or go in the garage or in the living room and playing with the soccer ball on their own or are you as a parent having to tell them to do it constantly so what's the difference and so the difference is is that um, I'm really trying to help educate and remind and encourage the parents that we really want the young players to love what they're doing and to maintain their passion for it versus going like all gung-ho so young and then by 10 12 years old they're done when they are gung-ho at a young age do you see that that's the drive of the child or often the push of the parent it can be a combo of both we used to not start like club soccer you know competitive soccer until a little bit later ages and now we're down to eight-year-olds maybe even seven-year-olds have opportunities to start playing you know the competitive select competitive and it's just they love it but you look at it and be like so you're going to maintain this for the next 10 11 years till your child graduates you know, like it's difficult to see. Now, do they love the game or they love being out there with their friends and running and playing? And, and yes, of course, the, the drive that's got to come with the excitement of playing. But is it are they really all in soccer players? This is my thing. Or are they having a blast because they're doing something fun with their friends? It's a mixture of all of it. You see, you see the whole range within one team of like – the person, I think it's a lot of personality too, right? Of the kid that watches soccer every day, talks about it all day long and is, and is obsessed. And I can resonate with that because that's how I was as a kid, right? But the difference is that my competitive playing didn't start because of our environment until a lot later. But now with those kids who are obsessed at this age and now playing almost all year round, you don't see them wing too much right now, right now, meaning like in their first, second, third years, like they're pretty happy to just be going all the time, disappointed when there's a break, that kind of thing. And then you'll, you know, a same, same age on that team be like, mm, I think I need to take a break or 
how do I have to go to practice today? And it's not that they don't like soccer, but they don't like doing it so much and or they would rather be out doing something different every once in a while. Which has got to be healthy as well. Yeah. And so I think one of the things when I do like the initial phone intake with a new parent family that I don't know yet. And I always ask, you know, what's the age of your child, the grade, and how long have they been playing soccer? What is their personality like? Um, And just kind of get a feel for, is this the parent feeling like their kid needs extra help because they're noticing their child's behind on the field technically? Or is the kid bugging the parent so much because they just can't get enough soccer? I've got to think that there are parents that are wanting their kids to be driven in athletics, but they're just kids and they're, they're trying to be kids. They want to play yeah. their, their attention span is about as long as a you know, nanosecond and they're hungry and they're thirsty and it's hot outside or it's cold outside. So they don't want to go. And so where do you find the balance between as a parent saying, oh, look, I know you can do it. You're going to be great. And the kid's saying, yeah, but I just want to play with, you know, my friends who aren't on soccer, or I want to go do something different than soccer, or all we do is soccer. How do we find the balance as a parent for the drive that we may have that the kid is yet acquiring? I think one of the hardest things that it requires from the parents is the willingness to have a little bit higher view over why they're choosing the things for their kids that they're choosing and asking the question of like, am I really listening, you know, to what my child is saying through their different words of excitement, words of uh, complaining or just lack of interest or what they're struggling, you know, maybe after games, what they continually bring up that they're frustrated with. Um, And I think sometimes the parents operate in a place with a lot of fear that if they don't start their kid young enough, that they're going to like jeopardize that kid's like future path in the sport. Where do you think that fear comes from? I think it it's just created out of thin air because I don't, I don't know where it comes from, honestly, whether it's an insecurity from the parents themselves, you know, that they don't want to fail their child. I would say majority of parents, you know, in this role of pursuing athletics and all of that ultimately want the best for their child, but it gets muddled sometimes when you, maybe you haven't been in that environment yourself very much, or you're not really sure, you know, what's really going on. And then sometimes I think clubs can create that culture of fear as well, because they need number, you know, they need, they need the numbers to keep the club running and they need the numbers to have enough kids to have enough teams to, you know, support all the ages, you know, U8 through U18. And they just want, I think it really just comes from the parent wanting the best for their kid, losing sight of that, not understanding that some rush decisions that are made actually will hinder them longer Hmm. in the long run. Hmm. What about the parent that is looking back from their own experience and they had a lot of drive when they were a young athlete. And so they're wanting that for their child. 
and and I ask that almost from a personal perspective because I remember when yeah. I took our youngest son Cole to his first basketball tryouts, and he was young. He was probably like you said, eight nine years old, yeah. and. And as a young boy of eight, nine years old, he's not even sure if he really wants to play basketball or not. He just knows that it's a lot of fun and everybody wants him to play basketball. When we showed up at the tryouts, there's a bunch of coaches there for these different teams and they start recruiting my eight-year-old because he stands Mm -hmm. head and shoulders taller than everybody else. And all these little kids out there are are passing him the ball because he's a big, tall guy. Certainly, he's going to be great at basketball. And certainly, I'm thinking the same because I was great at basketball. So I Mm -hmm. want him to follow in my footsteps. And I'll never remember driving away from from, uh, tryouts that day. And I'm on cloud nine. Here's my son's going to follow in my footsteps. And he's going to become a great athlete. And he's going to play the game that I love. And I hear this, this whimpering from the back seat. And I look in the mirror. And here he is. He's crying. And, and I said, buddy, what's the matter? And he says, dad, just because I'm tall, please don't make me play basketball. And I, I thought, what, where did I go wrong? How did I, how did I not impose upon my child? And I think that's the word right there. I was trying to impose upon my child a love for a sport that I loved. Mm-hmm. I, I asked him, I said, well, well, if you don't do basketball, what sport would you like to do? Because we, we thought it was important that he have some team experience. And yeah. his face changed and he just lit up and he goes, I want to play soccer. And I'm like, yeah. what? Soccer? You're, you're too big for soccer. Well, maybe it's because he idolized you. I don't know if that was it yeah. or not. But but he 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 wanted to play soccer and he got out there on the field. And I'm, I know he could succeed at basketball, but he gets on the field of soccer and his long, lanky body just literally can't turn as fast fast enough and get there fast enough and he's just running around looking like a scarecrow and uh it's so i'm like this is not going to work but the fun part was the coach then clued in that here's this big kid with this wingspan of his arms are so wide where'd they put him they stuck him in goalie nobody could get anything by him because he's just so big it was hilarious he found his space but in a way for a minute as a parent i was disappointed because he wasn't following my footsteps Right. Do you have parents that the, the drive is theirs and the kid's like, please don't make me do this or I'm just not as good as you or this is really mom and dad's deal? Well, I have my own child. So this so is I'm very living, personal. Uh, yeah, coming from a personal. professional soccer player, so, does your child like to play soccer? My child, she's five. Her name is Skylar. And she says, soccer is disgusting. <laughs> so the first of her rebellious statements yes you know so at her age it's pretty normal you join like a little wreck eight week long season you practice one time a week for 45 minutes with your friends and you go out to the field for you know one game on saturday super informal you know, you're there for the treats afterwards and orange slices for everybody. Yeah. So of course I was like, yeah, I'm going to coach her team this first seat. So this was just this last fall. We got a couple of her friends to join and we used the gym for our practice time. So the kids didn't even, you know, have to be out in the elements up here in Washington. And we had a great time and Skylar sat on the side half the time during practice 
you know, wouldn't put cleats on. And I just had to tell her that, you know, it's okay. You don't like it. That's what I told her every time I said, this is something that I'm going to do. I'm going to help your friends if they want to play. I'm going to be here and I'm going to support them. And if you want to play with them, you're welcome to. But it's okay that you don't like soccer. How did you come to a place where it was okay for your child to not like the sport you love? Because there are countless parents out there that this is a sticky point for them and their family. They want their children to succeed. They want their children to do well. They want their children to be the athlete. And yet the kid wants to stay on the sidelines and not put on their cleats. How do how did you come to a point where that was okay so that other parents can see there's room for growth here? Yeah, I I think the only reason I'm able to do this the way that I'm doing it with her, because <laughs> it's hard. Not it's not like a oh yeah, no big deal. It's it's a little bit of a man, why doesn't she have this the same killer instinct that I had you know it was so I had so much fun as a kid growing up that way like I want her to be that way too and I think part of it is because I've experienced so much from a coaching standpoint and walked with so many families seen so many different personalities in the kids that I work with that and I and as a lifelong learner, right, I read all the time and I'm, I'm always looking at how to provide the best environment for one, my, my daughter's growth as her own human being. But then also I put that same approach in how I work with the kids that I work with. And so in my head, because I know the truth of development of like a, a young soccer player, I don't need my child to grow up to be a professional soccer player. I don't need her to grow up and play soccer in college even. Like I need her to grow up and to know who she is and what she loves to do, what she's passionate about, that she's kind, that, you know, she seems to have like a pretty deep, like servant heart already. And so can I give her experiences in athletics that create a healthy foundation for her to be like a physically healthy human being also and so I see that in my willingness to work with younger and younger athletes I don't look at like what level they're at what they need but I'm like okay the 30 minutes that I have with this child and the way that I can talk to them the way that I can encourage them but I can also give them a skill to work on that's going to if they take hold of it they're going to increase their confidence in what they can do on the soccer field. And that usually trickles into their confidence just in, in all their little aspects of life, right? I have an example of one of the um, students that I work with. I've worked with her now, I think for six years. Was always on like the second team, but always put in like this extra work and she loved it and it was hard. And she, you know, she would come back to me and didn't make the team again, didn't make the first team. and like you know I was like come on like if you are still happy playing you enjoy the team that you're with you you enjoy your teammates um we can find little extra outlets for you to where you feel more challenged I said and you stay diligent and consistent I said your time will come and actually just this last week she walked into her session early in the morning I was like I made it you know, like mm. I finally made it and she's almost done with high school and, and desires to play co collegiately. 
and it's like perfect for you that you just now made this next step in your in your playing because guess what you're you've gone through so much that when you do decide that yes I am going to play in college you have this resilience and grit that you've just worked on developing and now you're going to make it through those four years versus someone that's always had whatever at the top and you get you know you get to college and it's all of a sudden you're not the best and you just can't handle it and make it one year right and so just explaining all these different scenarios and moving pieces that like year one doesn't define year 10 in your athletic the game isn't always about the sport it's about the growth of the person and teaching resilience and grit that's powerful as a parent to know that my kid is not just there for a team or not just there for a trophy they're there for the development of their mind, body, heart, and spirit. Because that, mm-hmm. that young woman that came into your uh, gym and said, I made it. She didn't do that with a, with, a, with a scowl on her face. I'm sure she was walking about two foot off the ground. <laughs> Try not to smile too big. <laughs> and her spirit was lifted it was, a bit that it was day, like, I'm sure. It was like, she's a very humble girl. And so she you know, was trying not to smile too big because, you know, she didn't want to brag. Yeah, but, but how big was her she... smile once it came out? <laughs> just like it was just like this weight was lifted off of her, you know, from what she'd been working so hard towards. Well, and knowing you, you uh, were laughing and with joy with her, and I'm sure there was some hugging going on. And yeah, yeah, that is great. As a coach who's watching people not just develop their skills, but also their character. How important is character in athletics? It is extremely important. Oh, gosh, this is, I, I talk to kids every day about this. You know, first of all, when they're young, like, what does our character even mean? And showing them and explaining different scenarios of, you know, the, the hard stuff of developing, you know, this part of your character and um, the easy ways you can be an encouragement to someone else because maybe they're struggling in their character themselves. Um, but it's when, when soccer is stripped away, when your sport is stripped away from you because you've got an injury or uh, you don't make a team, so you're just, you don't have a team to play with currently or say your family moves cities and you have to start fresh as a kid at a new club you know who you are as a person with your character is going to be those top things that are recognized by coaches teachers um, your friends that you go to make I always say you know when you go into a new environment as a player say for example you get selected to go with your state team and you've only been to a tryout, but you haven't really gotten to know the coach or the players very well. I'll always encourage the player to walk directly up to the coach, shake their hand, look them in the eye and say, thank you for having me. I'm really looking forward to this weekend. Mm. Your other task while you're there is 
to go in and make conversation with one other player that you don't know. For example, when you play soccer and you arrive at a field with a group of players you don't know yet, everyone has, you know, like their soccer bag and you throw it down, you start putting your stuff on. And it's really easy to not talk to other players. What's the advantage of talking to the coach? What's the advantage of talking to other players? Um, it's just showing for the kids, it's showing the coach. Um, so if the kid comes up to me that I don't know well, I, I'm like, wow, he's really got a different layer of confidence about who he is or she is, right? And um, all of a sudden, they're just in your mind more. You recognize them. You feel like you could um, start growing that trust in that coach-player relationship Um quicker because they had the courage to come up to you as an adult and introduce themselves and be be uncomfortable and then as that player in that player to player role the importance of camaraderie of chemistry on the field and that kind of thing you it's really important that you feel you can trust each other and if someone's super quiet and shy and and isn't able to talk and engage it makes it really difficult to quickly build that chemistry when you need it, when you guys aren't, you know, when they're out together all the time. You're demonstrating a depth greater than simply the performance of your skills in the sport. Yeah. And I think as a coach, when a kid does that, you are like, please, please let this kid be a phenomenal player also. <laughs> they're a great person. I hope they can play. Um, as a coach, that's something that's very difficult also you know you meet a kid like this that has a very deep level of character but doesn't quite have the level of skill needed for whatever's happening right and that's that's a real thing and I think a lot of times it can be really difficult as a parent to watch that happen and for me as the type of coaching that I do so I work mostly one-on-one or in small group settings unattached to clubs within the gym on their technical skill development and strength development. And I get to know the kids really well in relationship to their character, to their personalities. So I see and have this really cool time with these kids where I know that they're capable of doing whatever they want with a sport. If the coaches that they are playing with have the space and ability to learn about this particular kid or these kids, you know, at that depth. And sometimes Mm -hmm. what happens, sometimes what happens in these bigger club environments and this fast pace is that either the leader of the clubs don't have the time and space or even ability, capacity, whatever you want to call it, to train all the coaching staff on how to bring in this component of character development with their performance. So it not being so result driven at a young age. So I always will have these conversations with the kids, the parents, you know, Hey, here's why it's so important you stay the course or here's why it is very valuable if you stay consistent even training with me because I can be this voice in the process and reminder of why you're doing the things that you're doing 
you know, in your, in your routine and rhythm that might not be for everyone, but these are your goals. And I'm here and I care about these individual, you know, personal pursuits. And I'm not so much concerned about, you know, a club's results as a whole. I care that they're, you know, a healthy, happy, thriving club, of course, but I'm not, I don't, when I ask a kid how they did on the weekend, I'm not asking, did you win or lose? I'm like, no, this is a space where you can talk individually about how you did personally. I'll ask questions after they answer that to get them to look beyond the wins and losses. I'll ask them, did you encourage another teammate this weekend? Was there an opportunity for you to display um, good sportsmanship? You know, was there a call the ref didn't did or didn't make that you liked or didn't like and how did you respond and it's a lot of those types of things I think that with these kids starting so young that the coaches might not have the space to address all I mean there's so much going on right and that's why that's why I say yes to working with younger kids now and and really enjoy what I do and hope that in the process I can support and encourage and educate the parents that are along for the ride as well. What you just described is the difference between good and great coaches. Yeah. When you have a coach that is, is there to say, I'm interested in the whole you on and off the field, both in the performance of your skills in this, in the sport and in the performance of your life, dealing with other people, be it players or refs or mm-hmm. coaches or teachers or parents, that makes that makes a difference because this sport may only last a short period of time in our life. But what we're learning in how we're dealing with the people we interact with and how we how we feel about ourselves while playing or preparing or practicing, that goes with us for a lifetime. Yeah. The best coaches I ever had taught me less about the sport than they did about life. Mm-hmm. Their first focus was that this will, you will be a good human being. I can teach you how to play a game. Mastering the lessons of life is a more important practice. Yeah, it's interesting that comment, right? If I think of the coaches that had the greatest positive impact in my life. I don't remember the soccer part of it. Mm. Like I, there's nothing, whenever I talk about them, I don't talk about that great move they showed me or, you know, how they spent time video, you know, showing me video. And then I changed my runs into space and scored more goals. I talk about their willingness to give me time when I wanted to train more. I talk about them sensing when I wasn't okay and them asking, you know, to meet with me and, and talk about what was going on in my life personally. And then I talk about the ones that um, knew how to get me to push just a little bit harder when it was physically really, really difficult and I didn't think I had anything left and they made me keep going in a really positive way. Right. But it wasn't necessarily about the soccer. And those are all qualities of things that I now carry with me as a coach. And, you know, that's why we can do, we can do the same thing over and over in here. And 
it's not about the step over. It's about how did the kids feel after they left? Did they feel valued and loved and understood? That's going to make them so motivated to go out and train their skill more and more because they desire to be better and better because they believe that it's possible. Both to be better in the skill of the sport and also the skill of being a good, kind human being. Mm -hmm. We talk Mm -hmm. a lot about raising kids to be confident, capable, and kind. And I think that good coaches are a great complement to parents who are focusing on the same thing. Yeah, 100%. So what can we as parents do to help you? I know it's not yelling from the sideline directions to our kids that are contradicting what you're telling them to do. I've sat next to many a parent who think it's their job to coach their kid and the coach is just getting in the way. What can we do as parents to help you as a coach? I think one of the best things is asking your kids a lot of questions, even if they don't give answers right away, but letting them know that you're there and you're interested in what they're doing um, versus telling them what you saw them do um so for example hey what was something you felt you did awesome in during your game and after that response then here's here's one thing that I saw you do really well and I'm I was really excited to see you do that um just so making sure that it's complementing right the positive feedback and that as a parent your enjoyment of watching them enjoy what they're doing and more than just saying that was a great game when we would praise our kids in performance we were very specific about the performance we were praising remember the second quarter when you had that breakaway for the goal it was exciting to watch you run that fast in that much control that was so fun to watch very specific It'll be the second half, though. No quarters in soccer. (laughs) (laughs) See, I played basketball. (laughs) I played basketball. Megan, how can a parent shift their perspective on the value of coaching and even additional coaching from a club or a gym like you provide? I would love to meet a parent who came to me that says, man, I really value what the voice of an additional coach can do to help my child be prepared to face, you know, the different challenges that come with being involved competitively in a sport. I would love my child to work with you. You know, yes, we know that they'll improve their skill and their strength, you know, overall as a result of that, because that's a component of it. But, um, you know, we would love any feedback or insight that you learn from them when you're working with them that would help us as a parent, you know, better encourage them when they, when they hit the rough times. That'd be like a dream parent right there. (laughs) I think that sometimes as parents, we, we get in a place where we want our kids to have the best. And that's why we come to coaches like you. But at the same time, we don't know how to always respond. We don't know how to act and we don't know how to compliment what it is you're doing because we're new to this also. Yeah. I I tell my kids all the time and when they were younger, it it really 
it really helped get me off the hook a few times when I say, look, I've never been the parent of a, of a 12 year old before. Right. Or, <laughs> you know, and, and they're looking at me like, you haven't? I'm like, yeah, cause you're 12. You're my first one. Well, then the second kid comes around. I'm like, I've never been a parent of a 12 year old like you before. Yeah. And, and how we as parents interact with the things that are important to our children, like sports mm-hmm. means mm-hmm. that my goal as a parent should probably include doing everything I can to compliment those who are benefiting my my child. Yeah. And in complimenting those who are benefiting my child, I got to make sure I don't also step on some toes or I'm probably going to do things wrong more than once. And the question is, can I get it right the next time? Yeah. Yeah. I think for parents, like if you take that from that perspective, right. And I, I try to have that, like kind of picture of each parent I work with you know this is is new it's different and how can I offer sound advice for them as they make these big decisions and I always try to assure them that if it's not right for their family at that time then to wait a season you know like don't rush into it Um, but I love consulting with the parents and guiding them in the thought process and decision process of, you know, do I start my kid in club yet? Do I wait? Do I get extra training? Do I not, you know? Um, And I think from parents, I, I wish they would come to me sooner instead of struggling through it. Have you ever told a parent, maybe soccer's not your kid's thing? Cause I mean, let's, let's be real. Let's be real. I have not said, I have not said it directly, but we've all seen that kid. Who's, yeah. who's on the side of the parents my, are like, I have to tell oh, myself no. that. <laughs> I told myself that about my own child. <laughs> <laughs> perhaps, <I'm practicing. laughs> perhaps piano or guitar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it is interesting how as a child develops, we can see athletic talent in them. And, yes. and transforming that athletic talent to, to a strength is part of practice and why we come to coaches and play in club sports. And Mm -hmm. sometimes there are kids that just don't have athletic talent and that's okay. Um, Hard part is as a parent saying, okay, I I, I saw them performing on the field of play and in my mind and I just had these great aspirations for them. But the reality is they would rather and the fill in the blank, you know, maybe they're more into cars or they're more into music or, they're like drama or, or even a different sport. And I think as parents, we're going to have to settle in that part of our role is to help our kids discover and become the greatest potential of themselves. And it may yeah. be athletic and it may not be. Yep. 100%. That's what I'm telling myself daily as I parent in the young years and can feel can feel the pains and the struggles of the other parent you know that I work with the friends all of it and just how important it is that we like I don't know if we need to have that written on our walls around us to be reminded daily of what our actual job is as parents to these children Hmm. help them discover and become all they're created to be yep Well, I believe that everyone is capable of greatness and the world needs yours. And I really appreciate that, Megan, you see that 
a child's greatness tomorrow begins with our guidance today. And as a coach and as a mother, that is an important role. So thank you very much for setting a great example. Yeah, thank you. My pleasure. Always fun for me. Good. If you're learning from and enjoying this podcast, please let me know by messaging us through our social media pages or email through our website. You can find, like, and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Raising Them Ready Podcast and on our website at RaisingThemReady.com. Also, please follow and leave us up to a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have questions, comments, or suggestions about topics or guests you'd like us to bring to the Raising Them Ready Podcast, please contact me through our Raising Them Ready social media pages or through the website. Again, Facebook and Instagram at Raising Them Ready Podcast and online at RaisingThemReady.com. To learn more about raising your kids ready, be sure to pick up a copy of the Raising Ready book. It's available wherever you buy your print or audiobooks. There you'll also find our other best-selling life skills and personal development books for tweens, teens, young adults, parents, educators, and mentors. Thanks again for joining me in today's discussion. Now go and enjoy the day, knowing your child's greatness tomorrow begins with your guidance today.